Trust in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Such a joyous, joyful, and uh, giddy song to open uh, Spouting Off. I'm your host, Karen Cataline. Thank you so much for joining us here. It is an honor and a privilege to sit behind this microphone, talk to you, and encourage you, I hope, to speak out, speak up, and speak uncensoredly. Do not censor yourself. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for diplomacy, but in times like this, people are afraid to even express their personal opinion. That's not America. No, indeedy. Anyway, uh, so much to get to today. We have two marvelous guests, which I will be talking to you about. If you're listening live and you have a penchant, you can call in at 603-816-1590 And live means Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. For this summer, and who knows, longer, uh, my good friend Steve Noxon has been taking the Friday show as I work on another project that has uh, my attention, but I always love and appreciate uh, the privilege of uh, sitting in here and uh, doing Spouting Off. We are 505 shows strong since I began. Now, that uh, leads to a kind of a goofy segue here. As long as I've been doing talk radio, and it's been quite a while now, it's amazing how time flies. I haven't done it 20 years, but I've done it quite a long time now. And I have never, ever put up an audio for more than a minute because I figure people are going to get bored. People, you know, it's, it's uh, audio clips are really good to sort of bounce off of. But I have a two and a half minute clip that I loved so much. And people, thank you all. You send me great clips and I get uh, lots of tips in my email. And by the way, you can send me a tip at Karen at KarenCataline.com. Good, bad, or indifferent, I love hearing from you. Karen at KarenCataline.com, and that is the address for the website, KarenCataline.com, where lots of our, almost every podcast uh, that we have goes up there, as well as where you listen live, www.wsmn.live. Now, that was a a diversion there. I'm going to get back to what I was saying, which is, I've never put up an audio for two and a half minutes, but this one will be a first. It's so important and is a jumping off point for so much more. She is, this person you're gonna hear, she's an everyday person. I have no reason to believe that she's anything else. And those are the people that we most want to hear from because we get enough information from blowhards telling us what to think, telling us what to believe, telling us what we ought to do, ought to think. You know, they're not the people that, you know, that we need to um, sometimes listen to. Uh, Everyday people like you and me are not getting listened to and we are getting examples, people who are being made an example, this is what will happen to you if you dare to think something different, if you dare to question our orthodoxy. This woman is a Democrat, and she's starting to question. Listen to what she has to say. It's two and a half minutes, and it's worth it. Go. So if you followed me for a while, you know that I never stick up for Trump. I'm an independent and I see things on both sides and I see the positive and negative. Here's the deal though. When you are spending so much money, time and energy on trying to take somebody down, it makes me want to look at things differently. Trump is no longer the president, yet this current administration, pretty much majority of the time, blames everything on Trump. 
even though they've been the current administration for two years. The fact that they're spending so much, again, time, money, and energy on trying to take him down, I'm starting to feel like maybe everything that he said was true. Like, I remember when he was first president, if you follow me, you know this, I was devastated, right? And he was saying things like, fake news. And I was like, what a douchebag, right? And he was talking about how much evil there was and how the MSN, the mainstream media, and the liberals and Democrats were hiding from us and were actually doing some very sketchy, illegal, awful things. And I kept thinking, my God, what a, well, he's, he's lost his mind. But now, when the left, the, the media, the liberals, the Democrats are trying so hard to take him down and silence him, I'm like, hmm, maybe he wasn't batshit crazy. Maybe he does have information and knowledge about things that they're doing, and that's why they're spending so much time, energy, and money on trying to take him down and silence him. Pretty much silence everybody who doesn't agree and toe the line. It makes me, and I hope a lot of other people, open their minds and their eyes and see what truly might be going on. I mean, at least pause, take a step back and think, could I be wrong? Could everything I've been told be wrong? And I think if you take some time and delve and do some research, research that's not just given to you, like go and delve in and get more information from more than one resource, your eyes are gonna be opened. Now I'm awake, not woke. It's uncomfortable to see the things, and I get it, right? It might feel better not to know these things and believe these things, but it's dangerous if you don't see them and if you don't speak about them. By the time you do see them, it's gonna to be too late to speak about them and to fight back. Cardiologic. How about that? I apologize for that bad word. I had, uh, I didn't know there was a bad word there or I should have paid attention so we could block it out. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's one of the words you're not supposed to say and we do not say it here. Very funny, there's a sitcom with that word blank creek and that's okay as long as you spell it differently apropos of what a ridiculous world we're living in. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to point that out. That just came out of nowhere and I went, uh-oh, you know, shouldn't have said that. Anyway, um, this is a fascinating audio. And for that reason, I'm certainly not going to play it again. Once is certainly enough. A fascinating inter uh, uh, audio that she did. She was driving at the time. And I have always been extremely interested in what it is, what is that, that substance, what is that that makes people question orthodoxy? What is it that makes people get out of cults? And I have studied cults as a former social worker for years. I have looked at them and I, I, I am very, very interested in, well, what goes into a cult? There are enormous similarities between the radical left today and the most deadly cults uh, that we have watched and which a lot of leftists who are on the leftist bandwagon uh, knew absolutely were cults, and yet they can't really recognize the one they're on. That doesn't mean that everybody who's a Republican or a conservative uh, isn't trying to push people or persuade people. Persuasion is so very different than a cult. Even if you or someone thinks something ridiculous, the minute you try to uh, divide people, alienate them from their friends and family, demonize the op opposition, tell people they're not allowed to look, read, or think about something that doesn't fit the or orthodoxy, punish people for being independent and thinking independently. Well, you've gone into not only cult-like behavior, but uh, totalitarianism. And after all, cults are a form of totalitarianism. That's why we got the term drinking the Kool-Aid from the Jamestown Massacre. And if people said, you know, I don't think I'm going to drink this Kool-Aid, eventually they were forced to or they had to try and escape. A couple of precious few were able to escape. The rest either drank it willingly or were forced to do so. This was a horror 
when it happened. I think it was back in the 70s. And that quality of um, that aspect of an inability to tolerate differences of opinion is what we talk about frequently on spouting off. I don't care if you agree with me. In fact, I love the debate. Our current radical left, which now controls the Democrat Party, is full-scale engaged in censorship and in the kind of intolerance they claim <laughs> in the name of tolerance they wish to shut other people down, which is another crazy-making you know, mass psychosis that a lot of people are falling for. In this woman's case, I don't even know her name. I love it, though. She is an example of that quality which I wish we could bottle. Uh, we had not a very homogeneous society in America, but it was a kind of a given that independence and debate and dissent and disagreement civilly was accepted as uh, essential to a free country, essential to a free people, a self-governing people. We knew it. And, uh, and sure enough, that, ha that is the truth. People like Ayn Rand, like I didn't agree with everything Ayn Rand said, but I am familiar with Ayn Rand having grown up in a communist Russia. She became the icon in America for independence of thought, uh, in your face independence of thought, if you will. She was an interesting paradox personally in her own life, uh, but it's still that quality. Uh, it's the quality of uh, megalomaniacal people who want to control, manipulate, and, and tell other people what to do. Adults. <laughs> they want children to run rampant and have no boundaries and structure, but they sure want to turn adults into children and make them take orders from uh, you know, our betters. This is what communism does. This is what cults do, and it ain't for our benefit. When they say, oh, this is for your own good, you can better believe it ain't for your own good, it's for theirs, and for their mass, amassing of control over others' lives. So these are, um, you know, human qualities, the megalomaniacal, if I say that right, of people who want to control others, who want to be God, and the people who think independently and question the orthodoxy. So um, that is a beautiful thing. That is an American thing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our first guest. Don't go away. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadolini. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. 
Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Spouting Off with Karen Catalina will return in a moment. The Reading Foundation provides evaluation and tutorial programs based upon the Orton-Gillingham philosophy of learning, based upon the study of language, how children acquire language, and the mechanisms involved in learning. All the learning pathways of the brain, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile, are addressed and strengthened to build a strong foundation for the acquisition of reading skills. If you are interested in learning more, please contact the Reading Foundation for more information. The Reading Foundation is at 10 Northern Boulevard, Unit 19, Amherst, New Hampshire, 03031. Or you can email us at readingfoundation underscore rf at yahoo.com. And of course, you can call anytime at 603-882-0992. The Reading Foundation, Amherst, New Hampshire. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. I'm your happy host, Karen Cataline, and uh, we start off, we kick off the guest segment of the show, and of course, sometimes we change it up, but uh, today we've gone back to (laughs) the plan that works. Here to join us is president of the Constitutional Rights PAC, and we're going to right away learn more about them. In his own words, Carter Claus joins us right now. Thanks for joining us, Carter. It's my pleasure, Karen. It's good to talk with you again. I always enjoy it. I do, too. And for my listeners, it's not Santa Claus. It's Carter Claus spelled (laughs) C-L-A-W-S, not C-L-A-U-S. It's too early for Christmas anyway. Carter, tell (laughs) tell us about the Constitutional Rights Pack. What you guys do, I want to hear it from you in particular, because it's you do a lot. Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. What we do at the Constitutional Rights Pact is we take, I would say, a very militant stand for individual freedom. Um, I'm just going to level with you right now. There is a lot of what I call conservative ink in Washington. Okay, now I've spent 50 years in politics in Washington. Um, You know, worked with the Senate, worked with Ronald Reagan, the works. And at this point, Karen, I got to be honest with you. Do you remember Eric Hopper? Let me put it in perspective. Do you remember Eric Hopper, the great blue-collar philosopher? I do. I think it was called um, the True Believer. Was that? <laughs> you are exactly right. That's very good. Dug that out well, of my Eric, memory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eric once said that every political cause starts out as a movement becomes a business that ends up as a racket. And <laughs> what, he was yeah, right. yeah. Mm. And what I have increasingly found in recent years is the conservative bank, a lot of it's become, I'm sorry, but a racket. You know, they make a lot of money. They take in a lot of contributions, but they don't take off the, you know, the velvet gloves and get down in the, in the ring and battle it out bare knuckle. And that's what we do. We, we just... We refuse to say, oh, well, things are going to be okay. Oh, well, Mitch McConnell's not all that bad. Mitch McConnell is all that bad. Mitt mm. Romney is all that bad. You know, Martin Luther King once said, I'm hurt more, not as much by, by the words of my enemies as, I'm, as I am the silence of my friends. Oh, well, boy, folks, is that ever true. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, well, what is conservative ink? Oh, you're talking. I'm sorry, Carter. It's conservative ink, INC. I was writing INK, and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> we don't have a conservative <laughs> press. <laughs> now I get it. I should have made it clear, Karen. I apologize. You're right. No, I no. 
that was funny. I mean, I love puns, and that was one. So you mean Conservative Incorporated. And yes, that is a horrible problem. I know you're national, and uh, I don't even live in Colorado anymore, but Colorado's my home state. And uh, there is a battle going on there uh, for just the rest of the conservatives because they've been obliterated in Colorado. And now the most conservative county of Weld is going rhino. And I didn't used to like to use that term rhino, but they're bush lovers and they they don't mind losing is part of it. And the other thing is, is that maybe maybe the bribe blackmail or bully, the three B's have uh, taken hold in some of these conservative formerly conservative counties, which doesn't make any of us very happy. What, what do you think? Well, I think you're exactly right. You know, what we have in Washington now, and this is why, what the, what the CR PAC, uh, Constitutional Rights PAC, fights very hard against day and night, is the Uniparty. We are now ruled by the Uniparty. There's not a dime's worth of difference between Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. There's just not. There's not a dime. You can name, you can count on one hand the number of real hardcore conservative Republicans in the U.S. Senate and have fingers left over. You you may have look look in the House. Uh, obviously, there's more. But but let's think about something for a second. We were told by the House members, all these rough and tough House members, you put us in the majority and you're going to see some changes. I haven't seen a damn change yet. Oh, they talk a lot. They have a lot of hearings. But uh, I'm sorry. I wrote a column recently that said, Jim Jordan, you are the swamp. Mm, Okay. Wow. What has Jim Jordan done? He's a good Mm. talker. But where's the impeachment? Where's the defunding? There is nothing from the Uniparty. Mm. Nothing. Well, that's pretty depressing considering (laughs) how how vicious and... uh, uh, absolutely committed to Marxism, the other side is, if you don't have any opposition. So what do we do, Carter Claus? What are you doing in that regard? Well, we're, we're, what we're doing is really, our goal is to elect a minimum of six hardcore right-wing new members in the Senate and 20 in the House. And I mean hardcore. And we are doing the screening process now. Uh, we're going to go out. We're asking members to help us recruit the, the best candidates for Senate seats and House seats. We need that 20 hardcore in the House, six in the Senate. And we can pick that up. You know, in the Senate, we can beat uh, Cinema, We can beat Mansion. I mean, we, we can win these elections if we get the right candidate. Now, unfortunately, in West Virginia, you know, the guy who is the leading candidate right now is Jim Justice, who is horrifying, horrifying. Mm. If you, you know, in, I have a home in West Virginia, vacation home. Look, I have neighbors in the nearby trailer park who would make better senators than Jim Justice. So, you know, we have to get out there and we have to find the hardcore people. And let's do this. Here's a thought. You want to have, you want to get America back. You want to get the right people in office. Let's elect a couple blue collar workers Let's elect some working Americans. Seventy percent of these politicians in Washington now are lawyers. Well, I wouldn't even want them living near me, let alone representing me. So, Uh, Carter, let me ask you, you've used the term hardcore and I get what you mean. And I don't want to get too far afield, but don't we I wish there was another term because we always end up using the left's terminology and kind of bowing to their terminology. I mean, I still have people, I see people who think that independent means center. It doesn't anymore, (laughs) right? When the political line that we remember went all the way to the left, now center is still liberal and they characterize anybody who believes in, oh, I don't know, the freedom of speech as radical, hardcore, right-wing, extremist. <laughs> so, you know, do we have another word for people who would have been center-right conservatives who actually like the Constitution, 
I don't know. I don't know what what term, and, and maybe it doesn't matter. On the other hand, there's a terrible phrase that I hate but is true. In politics, uh, what is the term? It, how it appears is how it is, or appearance is reality, which I loathe, because reality is reality, not appearance yes. is reality. But in politics, if you can make people think that the majority of people agree with you, even though they don't, then other people will go along because there aren't a lot of great individualists as there maybe used to be. Your thoughts? I, I think you're right about that. And I think, you know, back in the days when I was at the National Right to Work Committee, I was director of communications, and one of the top people was a, a just a, and I again use the hard term, hardcore right-winger named Huck Walther, and he used to tell me all the time, you need to understand the extremes determine the middle. And here's where we are right now. The extremes on the left are fascist, okay? And the extreme on the right is milk toast. Well, where does that put the middle, Karen? Where does that put the middle? I want some hardcore right-wingers. I want. Yeah. I would love to elect somebody who I thought was extreme. And let me tell you something. That's going to take <laughs> a lot. Because I, yeah, because yeah. I really believe in, a, in hardcore. Look. Let me, I'm going to say something to you that I want your listeners, and I know there are a lot of them, and they have tremendous respect for you, and rightly so. We are now approaching what I call banana republic democracy. I have a home in Honduras, okay? I happen to love that country. But here's how democracy works, quote-unquote, in Central American countries. You're allowed to elect the Congress, but those in power essentially appoint the president. We are right there right now. We'll still be allowed to elect the Congress, but the president, hmm. I don't think, will ever have another fair election. We're quickly we getting to the point where they're shutting that down, too, if truth be known. Yes. Um, yes. Carter, I want to save time. Or, I mean, we're just getting started here. Uh, to talk about <laughs> this vast reality alternate reality which is in my opinion and just going to say it up front is for me a dog and pony show that lets the everyday citizen know this is the new reality accept it because it ain't changing and that is this this unbelievable there is no a term that fits it difference between the biden crime family and what they what there's evidence that they've done and the Trump indictments. I have a, a, a cartoon I just got to share with you that I put it up. It's three donkeys, you know, talking once one with the other saying, how do we bring down Trump's poll numbers? The other donkey says, stop indicting him. <laughs> so I'd like you to speak to that because if ever there were extremes, we're talking about extremes determine the millet middle. The extreme is the way Biden and all of the Bidens and the severity of the crimes that we know, that we have evidence for. And Trump, who said, march peacefully and patriotically to the White House, and they cannot stop indicting him. Your thoughts? No, well, they're not going to stop indicting him. They have no intention of allowing Donald Trump to run for president. That's right. Uh, he's going to be told point blank, here's the deal. We will let you do a plea bargain and we'll let you walk free if you agree not to run for president. That's a deal that, that I would think they've already put on the table. And you know what? Donald Trump is 76 years old, almost 77, about the same age I am. And I think the man at some point and with his wife pleading with him and his children, don't be totally surprised if at some point he throws up his hands and says, all right, whatever. OK. That's where I think we well, are. Well, if he did, as as if he said no, and he has more strength of, of, you know, more determination than anybody I've ever seen in politics, if he said no, uh, it's quite possible that he'd end up with the uh, martyrdom of a Gandhi because he refused yes. to roll and to bend over. Uh, because it's so obvious, even to a, a Democrat. I played a two-and-a-half-minute video of a woman who said... You know, it's, I hated Donald Trump, but now I'm beginning to wonder if he's right, if he was right all along, because this is ridiculous. 
They don't if care the, how ridiculous it is to you and me. They don't, they don't care. care. If the, no. uh, Karen, if the dork state needs to kill him, they will. Just like they will with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. God just forbid. like they did Bobby's father and his uncle. That's God where we forbid. are in America today. Do you remember the man in, my, in 2016 that charged the stage and tried to attack Trump during the campaign? Not particularly. The people who stopped him were Trump's personal bodyguards. Huh. It was not the Secret Service. Yeah. Well, and okay. uh, uh, as an aside, I heard that the Biden administration pulled personal security from RFK Jr.'s campaign, even though he's a declared candidate for president. Of course. Did you hear that? Of course. Of course, yeah, yeah absolutely. Gee, I, what you know, could that just... mean? Let, let's let's try to count the things it could mean. Gee, yes. I don't know. There's so many options, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the options is he, when, when Bobby Kennedy Jr. started telling the truth about his father and his uncle, when Bobby Kennedy Jr. started saying, we, it is wrong to spend $200 billion in the Ukraine and send 300,000 young Ukrainians to their death in our proxy war, he may have signed his own death certificate. I know some people well, are saying, oh, that's so extreme. Let's yeah, just hope. I mean, I don't even like thinking like that. But we have seen the book thrown at people simply for having a different opinion. Uh, uh, opinion and we all know the subjects we're not supposed to talk about you could tick them off and the list is getting longer and longer and longer you know you could say i don't like uh, chocolate ice cream you could say a million things but you better not talk about covid ukraine j6 there's a whole list of subjects we're not allowed to talk about or disagree from the orthodoxy that we are told or just roll over, give up, because this is the company line. Doggone, we have less than a minute left. So your final thoughts, Carter Claus. My my final thought is I think you're exactly right. And and I, I say to everybody out there, become a conspiracy theorist because you're right. Uh, it's just that well, I must say, for the record, there are some conspiracy theories that keep hanging on that you have to use your discernment. Uh, you know, there are certain conspiracy theorists that say it's all the fault of the Jews. It ain't. But that well, one's no, been around for a not. long time. Uh, <laughs> Carter Claus, can't wait to have you back again. Constitutional Rights Pact. Look it up. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Karen. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, when we come back, oh boy, I can't wait to talk to this guest, tell you about him when we come back. Don't go away on Spouting Off. I'm Karen Catalina. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Catalina. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent, we're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. 
eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Sign up for Karen's newsletter and read her columns at karencataline.com. Now back to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. just a little bit so I could hear where it was going to go from there. But we have a show to do, and we have a tremendous guest on the line. His name is Christian Watson, a proud, self-professed black conservative. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I have a very warm spot in my heart for black conservatives. They have it even worse than Jewish conservatives, of which I am one. Color Us United spokesperson, Color Us United, tremendous organization. Christian Watson, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I've got a couple of subjects I want to cover with you, and I'm glad we have some time. Let's start with the one that was on the books, and we'll move on to the one that I'm burning to talk to you about. First off, um, you have some thoughts on uh, this whole brouhaha. It seems like we go from one brouhaha to another brouhaha, and usually it is not uh, the main act. It's, it's a distraction. In this case, the whole story about Jason Aldean, which has the left jumping up and down and losing their cookies, is um, quite amusing. Uh, he wrote this song, Try That, in a small town. He did a music video, and the left can't stand it. Talk about that, if you would, uh, and because you've got some thoughts about it, as many of us do. Yeah, so I actually think that the, the song transcends narrow political boundaries, and well, this is really what I, when I talk about in my work, a revolution of the mind, this is what I mean. I, I want us to be able to see things beyond the sort of political paradigm that many of us operate in, many of us take for granted, because that paradigm actually inhibits us from being able to see the bigger picture, and by consequence also stalls us from finding the truth. And so Jason Aldean's song, rather than being political, was merely an assertion of the values necessary for the survival and, and the existence of communities in America. And he was saying that those values are more readily seen in areas that are less population-dense, that uh, tend to have a more intimate connection on a social level. And because of that, we should, all, we should understand what goes in big city America very well may not go in uh, small town America. And so I think that that's a very inspiring message. It, it really should ask all of, our, all of us as human beings to understand that we as social creatures have certain things that we require, certain conditions we require to be so in order for us to have a flourishing life. And, and community interaction and interconnectivity is one of those things that can be very important for us, provided the community is actually healthy. Now, leftism has also embraced a form of the community, but not a form of the community that gives any way to individual values of the spiritual nature of man, but rather a form of the community that gives way to materialism 
and gives way to collectivism, which reduces man to an indistinguishable part of some mass idea that they then use to go ahead and judge society and assess meaning and purpose. And by doing that, they uh, they, they end up with a, a inferior idea of what is going on in the world. This is the folly of progressivism. This is why progressivism mm. is not only a, a anti-American philosophy, it's also a, a materialistic and, and, and fundamentally irrational philosophy rooted on ideas that are not uh, confirmed by the empirical record. And so, so leftism... Input. Yes? Yes. Nicely yes, put, sir. is all I said. Go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so leftism um, tends to make people associate uh, particular uh, particular things like this song with other ideas that exist within the leftist worldview. So, for example, when Jason Aldean said, what happens in a small town will happen in big city America, they will immediately go to revert to their sort of collective view of man, and then they will revert to the history of their so-called collective, and they'll go back throughout America's history and say, okay, well, black people as a collective used to have X amount of fate or a bad fate in small towns. Therefore, Jason Aldean's being racist by dog whistling. This is how the progressive mind functions. It doesn't function by distinction of, uh, and, and, and by nuance. It functions by mass, broad abstractions that they use to judge everything. That's what we're having not, this response. I'm not sure that even a lot of the people who put forth these ideas, not the hangers-on, don't already know that, and they use this as a bludgeoning tool to create division which will advance their goals towards collectivism and socialism. I, I think well, the, the lazy uh, lack of intellectual honesty is is baked into the cake, isn't it? Well, I I I I, I want I want to be careful about being presumptuous. Uh, I'll tell you I'll say this much. I think that there are progressives throughout history that genuinely believe that what they were doing was righteous, and those are some of the most dangerous progressives out there. Whether it be Theodore Roosevelt, who I believe generally believed what he was doing was right righteous, but in all reality, many much of it was not. Whether it was Woodrow Wilson, who convinced himself of all of these false ideas and worldviews that informed his governance and ultimately uh, encouraged him to unleash absolute chaos upon the American public. I mean, regardless of who it is, a lot of these people, I think, actually believe what they believe. Now, of course, in our modern day and age, in any day and age, there's always people that don't believe what they believe, the grifters, so to speak, that will say say certain things to appeal to certain people and amass power on their own. But yes. it, it is important for us not to assume that it's the fault. We should assume yeah. that a lot of these people believe what they believe, and we should confront them on that basis. Because if someone doesn't generally believe what they believe, there's no reason mm-hmm. to actually use an argument against their ideas, because they are not even committed to them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, before I go to the other question that I have for you, and those are, this is just great. I uh, was a little remiss in not, I want to do this now so we don't get rushed at the end. You are an outreach fellow for the Fund for American Studies, TFAS, and a host of a podcast, Pensive Politics. Talk about uh, Color Us United just a little bit and what you do, and you are a major spokesperson for that. What's the difference between that and TFAS? So Colorist United is, is one of my jobs, one of my part-time jobs. It's basically an institution that fights for the idea of colorblindness. And, of course, I do work with them. I go into media for them. We talk a lot about the issue of colorblindness and race in America. Um, TFAS, Fund for American Studies, is an independent organization which finances young conservatives, young you know, right-leaning people, in their journey uh, in the world uh, and helps them with, with scholarships, with fellowships, and the graduate college as well. They're really a wonderful network. They were, they were founded uh, by many people in the old conservative movement, like William F. Buckley and others like that. So mm-hmm. that's that. Um, but, yeah, I, I do work for both organizations, but m- more importantly, and I'm, of course I'm going to be shameless here, the most Please. important work I do <laughs> is the work I do on my YouTube channel. Pensive politics. Uh-huh. That's the most important work I do. It's more important than anything else I do. Is that that is the most important because that is wholly me. It's my voice and it's my values, unfiltered. Excellent and unfiltered is the best possible thing. And for everybody, um, just go to 
Christian Watson. How do they find your YouTube channel? And then we'll go to this other topic on my mind here. You just go. You just type in Penta Politics on YouTube, and it should pop right up. Okay, great. So this was going to be a monologue, and I'd rather talk to you about it. Uh, I take these articles, you know, and then I obviously, among other things, will do, you know, a, a spouting off session about it. Liberty headline, Liberty freshman offensive lineman, uh, forgive me if I don't pronounce his name right, Taj Boyd dies at 19, university officials, coaches send condolences. We had LeBron James' son, I think his name was uh, Bronny James, and there have been numerous black athletes that are suddenly falling to cardiac arrest, uh, uh, cardiac arrest, 18, 19, 20. And it's not just once. I have a whole book of <clears throat> uh, suspicious uh, deaths, people just dying, many of them, black athletes. This is a hardcore question. Isn't it highly suspicious that for a preening radical left that pretends to, that they're the only ones who care about black people and minorities, they have absolutely no curiosity or concern that this is unheard of. Nobody, including the propaganda media, has any interest, including the football player from last year who went into cardiac arrest on the field, and he's one of many others whose names we don't even know, high school athletes, not just black, but many of them, so healthy and young. Radical left isn't interested. They have no curiosity. What say you? Well, um, I think that this issue is very, uh, it's very involved. It's very complex. <coughs> Ultimately, no one in good faith can claim that they absolutely, for 100% positivity, know why these athletes are having these complications. We have suspicions. There's a dominant suspicion, of course, and that dominant suspicion tends to be the vaccination. But no, unless you are actually examining the individual cases for yourself and you have some medical proficiency that would be able to identify the characteristics of a vaccine-induced injury as opposed to just a general um, athlete's injury, then you really don't know. And that's, you know, as a as someone who studies philosophy, I like to err on the side of, in, of intellectual humility and caution. Christian, and let me just interject yes. this since we are so short of time. I, I formed this question very carefully because this is one of the ills. I don't blame you. Uh, this is one of the ills that we have today. In a normal world, all we would be concerned about is that this is happening and we are concerned and we're going to investigate. Do you have to know the answer in order to ask the question? Well, today, no. there's so many people who are being persecuted for being suspicious that it could be the vax because nobody will talk about it. Uh, people drop dead more today than ever before and never does it say what they died of because we're not supposed to ask. Um, you don't have to know in order to ask the question. If, if the radical left were as concerned about black people and the black community, as they like to call it, then wouldn't they be horrified as they trump up uh, horror uh, and claiming that all uh, police officers, black or white, are systemically racist. That's how concerned they are about the black community, but they can't even muster interest or curiosity about 18-year-old black athletes dying on the field, the most healthy of us all, and young, they're not interested to even ask. Have they launched any kind of uh, uh, investigation? No. Have they asked questions? No. Uh, uh, let me stop well, there, because I think you get what I'm talking about. No, I, I understand your point, and, and I'll, I'll reiterate my, my point. I think that it's very important for us as, as people with limited information, to be humble in the face of the unknown. And I'll stick by that. And, and to be honest with you, um, the idea that the left cares about anything except their abstract view of the world is just foreign to me, because they don't. So to me, it's a foregone conclusion that the radical left don't really care about anything except their abstract view of the world. But, but the question you ask is a deeper implication, and I kind of want to push this a little bit. The implication is, of, of course, that 
that there is something bigger going on that is causing the spike in deaths. And look, I support investigations. I support informed consent. I support all of that kind of stuff. And I wish that during the pandemic, we would have had that kind of stuff because that probably would have had us avoid a lot of catastrophe. But I, I think that a lot of the questions surrounding this particular topic are leading because a lot of people who ask the question already have a particular conclusion formed. Yeah, but, but just, just not, for the record, I'm not. I don't right. know. I'm not a doctor. But when Tylenol was tainted with arsenic in the, seven, in the whatever it was in the 70s, this was a national outrage. And people didn't know what the conclusion was. They just knew that this was terrible and people were in danger. Where yes, is the concern? I, I am not saying automatically I know. I have no clue. I'm just saying it's suspicious that nobody is interested. Well, I you think see? that, well, well, and part of this goes back to the medical establishment. The medical establishment put their entire credibility on the line with the measures surrounding COVID-19, whether it be the medical measures or whether it be the political and social measures. And they've already lost about 90% of the credibility when it comes to both the political and social measures, because most people are aware of the fact that the lockdowns caused immense damage to the next generation. They uh, caused a lot of families to miss out on the precious time with their loved ones before they perished um, due to death. And they also violated the rights of countless Americans in the name of safety, peaceful slavery over dangerous freedom, as the saying goes. So we know that those two categories they lost out on. So the medical establishment is doing their best to hang on to the last category they have even a veneer credibility in, and that is the medical science of the entire issue. So they will not, to preserve their own, and, and to preserve their own reputations, they refuse to investigate something that they push so heavily, which Look should be cause for concern for every American. We, yeah. and we should really demand more from the people who yeah. dominate the categories that allow human beings to live flourishing lives. Modern medicine has allowed many people to live far beyond the lifespan of many other generations, and it has allowed us to beat many diseases that even 50 or 60 years ago would have been death sentences. So we have to demand more of those who are in these categories, because if we don't demand more, their yeah. practices could become compromised by ulterior interests that could deteriorate the human condition. So I agree. Yeah, look at the implications, oh. though. Look at the implications of, of uh, what this says, that you're more concerned about appearing right than in finding out what is causing these untimely deaths. Uh, Christian, uh, Christian Watson, you are always a pleasure to have on. I always love having you. And your circumspectness, if that's a word, also is much appreciated. Uh, take care. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that does it for this edition of Spouting Off. Tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday when there will be so much to spout off about here on Spouting Off.